There's a lot going on. Samantha's due in two months. Tommy's dad's coming in two weeks. And I am just here. I don't know what to do. It's weird. My world stopped, but the globe keeps spinning. And I go to work, and work is going really well. I don't know if you remember Ralph, um, excuse me, Ralph, <laughs> Randall. Um, my, my, um, he was my sales lead, um, got promoted. And so I got a new person and getting them trained up to speed. It's, it's the busyness of it all is keeping me occupied. So I get a call from George, who's my direct manager. And he's like, Hey, I got somebody for you, um, for, to take, um, Randall's place. I'm like, cool. And he said, this guy is a star. You're going to love him. And he starts reading me his resume. And I'm like, sounds like he knows what he's doing. And I checked his references, which I don't always do, but I just wanted somebody who was ready to go, go. And, you know, the references were fine. Everything was cool. And when I met him, <laughs> let me tell you, when I met him, when I tell you he is just, just, this is, okay. So just off of, not personality or anything like that. When I first shook hands with him, I was like, oh my God. When I tell you he was cute. I mean, he was like, I guess, I, 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 let me just describe him. Very toned body. He was dressed very, very nicely. And he had like these just glittering eyes and, you know, very nice hair. Um, I know I'm doing a terrible job describing him, but how do how, if I could think of like somebody who he looks like, give me one second. Let me think of somebody. Think like, I almost hate to say this because then I don't want you to think about him as this person, but kind of like Chris Evans in a way, just younger. And his, his hair was kind of curly and lighter. And his body was, well, I'm not saying Chris Evans doesn't have a nice body. I'm saying, you know, just this guy, like, yeah, he, he, he was very toned and very nice. And, um, we go into the interview. I'm like, I'm keeping it professional. Um, which of course I do. And it's going well. We're talking, we're having a good time. We're laughing and we get so, you know, in these, in these interviews, like our company has, like interview templates and the templates are designed to make sure that a your candidate has the qualifications but also that they are the right person for the company's mission and brand and you know core values and whatnot so i'm asking him all of the right questions and i'm trying not to i try not to deviate off of script too much but i do let people talk and we're having a good time and in the middle of us talking, he lets a reference slip that I recognize from um, a particular influencer who is known for being very derogatory toward women, like extreme, like extremely, like a very extremist, like misogynist 
And I was like, uh, no. But here's my dilemma. First, George found this guy, recommended this guy to me. He knows his resume, and his resume just outshines every other candidate that I have, and I need to hire somebody right away. And I can't exactly go to George and be like, you know, I just don't feel this guy because he's going to be like, um, excuse me, how did the interview go? And I could lie, but I'm not going to lie about that. Um, it would just be stupid. I would rather just tell him, like, I don't like this guy. Like, I don't I don't F with people who think this way or who can even stomach listening to this type of content. I'm like, so anyway, I'm like confused as to what I should do. And I sit on his resume for a while. I sit on his resume so long, George calls me up and he's like, so what are you doing? Why haven't you hired so-and-so? And, you know, I should give this guy a name. Let's call it, we're not going to call him Chris. Let's call him Jordan. And I say, he's like, why, didn't, why haven't you hired Jordan yet? And I'm like, um, I just haven't gotten around to it, man. And he's like, well, get on it. And I'm like, okay, I'll find I'll get on it. <sighs> I know it seems petty. I know it seems so petty to be like, ooh, I don't like that you follow this thing but it's just so extreme i'm like this is going to be a problem and anyway that night i go over to james and sam's and james is like are you kidding me you, he, I, I bring him his resume he's like dude this guy's stellar and you said he, he interviews great and i said yeah i said i just have this instinct and when i say what it is james is like that's stupid and sam's like that is not stupid like trust your effing gut and i was just like i don't really have a choice and james is like i'm not even gonna say anything about it you do what you you do what you do but now that i know i'm not gonna tell you one way or the other what to do and i'm just like fuck Ugh. okay so without any other option i hire him and you know he's one of those people like he walks into the room and like people are whispering after he leaves because he's like he's just very like crushable you know what i mean and I mean that in like a good nonviolent way. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he's the new, he's my new hire for sales. I'm surprised when I get a text from Miguel and he's like, hey, I've been thinking about you. And I said, you have? And he said, yes, let me come over. And I say, come over. And I'm planning to, you know, uh, do my thing. And Miguel comes over and making talk. I'm getting ready to go into Mr. Brooks mode on him. And he's just looking at me and he's like, I know something's going on with you. Talk to me. And he looks at me with like these really sweet, sincere eyes. And I'm telling you, I'm not on the verge of a breakdown. But when he gives me that look, I just ball and i'm like oh and i tell him you know everything that happened um and he said yeah i could tell something was up when i called you on your birthday and i thank him for coming over it was it's really cool to be reminded that even though we don't have sex anymore even though i want to um even though we don't have sex anymore that we're still, that he still thinks of me highly and that he still cares about me. And I care just as much for him as I always have. Like Miguel is my, 
friend just doesn't cut it. You know, when I first moved out to the city, I had my first hookup, like within the first week that I moved out here, lost my virginity and all of that good stuff, even though I don't like that term. But, you know, I had sex for the first time. And it was not a good experience. It's a terrible experience. Um, (laughs) And I remember the guy said to me, this is as good as it gets. Basically, like, what the, what the fuck are you waiting a relationship for? This is as good as it gets. This is what it devolves into. And that scared the shit out of me, honestly, at the time, because I didn't know any better. And also, too, I was afraid that I could become like him. And after that, the more and more I hooked up, it was like little stains on my personhood. I would just hook up and hook up and hook up. And without realizing it, I was becoming like that guy. And then I met Miguel. And, you know, when me and Miguel started out, it wasn't like we liked each other. (laughs) He really did not like me. Um, He didn't like me at all. And then, you know, I saw him smile and we became friends and then we became more. And it was like, love exists. That's what Miguel is to me. Love exists. More than a friend. I feel like I should, I feel like I should be, you know, just devastated. And in ways I am, and it's not like I'm ignoring, I'm not ignoring, you know, what's going on. And then I think if Tommy saw me like that, he slapped the shit out of me. And I spend a lot of time going through his journal and reading the poetry that he has in there. And it's all random stuff. It's not like there's a poem and a page or a song and a pay on a page. It's like pieces of ideas. And then like on top of those pieces of ideas, there's sideways writing that doesn't fit into any margins. And it's just this collage of Tommy scattered throughout this notebook. And there's parts of it that are more structured. But I like the messiness of it. It reminds me of him. It's beautiful, honestly. And so I'm sitting there and Miguel, you know, he's got his arm around me and he's just holding me and like, just being there with me. And I think about it all and it's just like, man, this is something to be really, Miguel's presence is something that I'm really grateful for. It makes me feel like I've done something right. I still feel that like, what could I have done differently to protect, to protect Tommy? I've been, I've been on the phone with um, Skylar, Tommy's, the person Tommy has a family with. Um, like every day we talk. And she's really cool, honestly. Like I like her a lot. Uh, and I can see why 
why he, I could see why they were together. And I've, I've told her with my own mouth, like, you can't blame yourself. You can't think what could you have done. And I say that to her, but I say I'm blaming, I don't want to say I'm blaming myself. I just feel like I could have done something different to have so that a different outcome would have happened. And I shake the feelings off when they show up. And I say, tell her one thing, but I feel something else. Like, I feel like I could have done more. I could have been a better friend. I could have, I didn't have to leave. What if I had stayed? Would things have been different? Did he get worse when I left? And I know that's not right. I know I shouldn't be thinking like that. But it's how I, excuse me, it's how I feel anyway. Regardless of knowing better, it's how I feel anyway. And I'm just going to have to deal with it. You know, when I met Tommy, when I met Tommy, I was very separate from people. Like, I didn't hang out with anybody. Um, Partially, I think, because we moved around so much when I was really little. and. Also, too, I had some issues at home with my dad. Um, Him and my mom had issues, which became my issues. And then, not to get too much into it, but then later on, they worked it out. But I could never feel close to him and also too with her I felt almost like betrayed so I like withdrew in on myself and I withdrew from everything and that turned into like my social life so when I met Tommy He wouldn't accept that. He would sit and force me to do things like hang out with people when I said I didn't want to. There were times even when I would like break down in tears having to be in like a social situation and he would sit there and wait for me to stop and be like, we're going to do this anyway. And he broke me out of it. And I just feel like, did I not do that for him? And I know he wouldn't want me thinking that way. I know he wouldn't want me thinking that way, but I do. If Miguel taught me that, you know, love exists and love is something that I value and love is something that I'm going to actively pursue for myself. If he taught me that, (laughs) there's this guy named Frankie that I haven't talked about on the podcast yet. But let's get into it. There's this guy named Frankie, I would say, that taught me that friendships are something that I cherish just as much. Frankie was never somebody that I thought I was in love with or even got that close to. Um, I always, you know, I walked into what it was that we were doing, which wasn't 100% clean. Um, 
And when I say clean, I'm talking about, you know, there were significant others involved. Um, so it wasn't, you know, the, it was my highest moment. But it started with this girl named Monica. Um, she was beautiful. She had like this, anyway, it's not important. She was beautiful and she was very flirtatious with me. And I didn't even know that she was flirting with me because, you know, I could be like really socially awkward, but I didn't know that she was flirting with me. But one day at the gym, she was like, excuse me, can you show me how to use this machine? And I was like, the seated leg press that I see you use like twice a week. <laughs> I didn't say that to her, but I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen her use this like a lot. And she was very thick too. So I was like, um, yeah. So I showed her and, you know, we just, we kind of hit it off. Honestly, she was very, she knew what she wanted and she wasn't shy about it, but she was respectful. And I loved that about her. And honestly, that was the reason why I messed with her is because she was just, well, she was beautiful, but also too, she had a, a sovereignty to her that was very attractive to me. There was no wishy-washiness about what she wanted, but there was nothing hostile or underhanded or she was just very who she was. And we fucked around a lot. I would have sex with her like legit, like every day she was calling me. Um, she would come into the gym and she'd be trying to hook up and I'd be like, not where I work. And, um, um, but yeah, we would hook up like a lot, a lot. And one day we go out to a bar and I knew her, I knew her who I thought was her friend because they would work out together a lot, but it was actually her cousin and they were friends too, Anna. And we go to this bar. It's this new bar that I opened up. Um, and Anna's with her boyfriend, Frankie. And Anna comes in. I'm like, hey, what's up? And then they do like, like we say hello. And she looks, she shoots a look at Monica. And they like giggle to themselves. And I'm like, what was that about? And I say what's up to her boyfriend, who has the most gorgeous like toffee colored skin and he was wearing like these these really like tailor fitted jeans that had like you know like the double stitching on like the pants pockets and everything like that and he had on like a, like this really just like satin nice looking black cowboy hat like he was so gorgeous and he had a goatee a mustache and beautiful green eyes and insanely long eyelashes he was so cute i was like i literally gasped like just a little bit when i saw him and he's he didn't even look at me in the eyes when he shook my hand he was just like what's up dude i was like oh, what's up the girls sit in the middle me and frankie on either side and you know they're chatting the night away we're not hardly talk speaking at all they're just like they're hanging out and we're just kind of like chaperones i guess and they're drinking a lot um and have eventually at one point they go to the bathroom together and it's just me and Frankie. And he's like, so you work at the gym, huh? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, that's cool. He said, are you a personal trainer? And I said, no, I do um, housekeeping. At the time I was doing housekeeping. This is right when I first, well, a few months into me first getting hired down there. And eventually um, the girls are in there for so long. I'm like, maybe we should go check on them. And he's like, no, they're cool. They're probably just gossiping about you. 
And I was like, what? He's like, nothing. <laughs> I mean, like, he was just like, uh, nothing. And I didn't think anything of it. When it comes time to leave, so me and Monica were going to go back to her place and fuck. Um, but I don't like to, I don't like to have sex with people when they're drunk. And I'm not drunk. And I don't drink, so <laughs> I don't like to have sex with people when they're drunk. And she respected that. And she knew that. So she was like, Anna, why don't you come over? And so I took her and Anna home. And Frankie was like, you know, I'm feeling a little buzzed too. Can you drop me off as well? And I was like, you hardly had anything to drink at all. Like you've been sipping the same glass the whole time we've been here. I didn't say that, but I was just kind of thinking like, did I see him drink more than one drink? Like, what's going on? Um, so I was like, but I was like, you know, sure. If he, I mean, if he felt buzzed, by all means, let me take you home. And I, I dropped the girls off. And Frankie lives on the south side of town. So we're driving back to his place. And then he starts hitting me with the questions. Like, out of nowhere, he started asking me about porn, which he called porno, which I thought was funny. He was, he's, he, he, what he, I forget. Okay. He was like, I mean, like the conversation was completely normal. Like he was asking me like about work. He was asking me how long I had lived in town. And then all, out of nowhere, he just started talking about porno. I told him, so he asked me like, have you ever thought about doing porn before? And I was like, no. And he said, I would do it. And then I just laughed and I was just like, okay. And then he said, if it's as big as they say, you could probably make a shit ton of money. And I was so confused. I didn't pick up on anything. I was just like, oh, okay. And I laughed. And it was just like super awkward quiet. I should have been like, how do you know what my size is? Um, but I wasn't even, I was just stunned. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. He was like, you know, I hear gay guys make more money, though. They call it, like, gay for pay. But they make a lot more money than, like, guys who do chicks. And I was like, oh, really? And he was like, yeah, man. By this point, even though I was super still naive, like, I knew where this was going. And he was super cute. So, I don't know, maybe against my better judgment. Like, the silence had stretched between us because I didn't bite on his first couple of things. And I said, I would do it. And he looked at me. He was like, what? It's like the gay for pay. I would do it. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, sure. And I was like, I don't know if I'm big enough to do porn. And I said, why don't you tell me? And I slowly, like, opened up my pants, like, undid my belt and like zip down my pants just to see like if he if, if he's gonna protest i'd be like nah we're cool like i'm not i'm just playing with you dude like i didn't mean it um but he didn't stop me and eventually i pull it out and i let it rest over my leg so it's like pointing at him and he's just like oh fuck and i was like do you think it's big enough and he was like yeah it's big and i said it gets bigger too you know <laughs> i said it gets bigger too um i just gotta get hard and he didn't say anything. And he was looking forward with like his hand covering his mouth. But I could see him looking out of the corner of his eyes down at me. And I could also see that he was hard. And um, we ended up finally getting back to his house. 
and it be parked out front. My windows are tinted, by the way, and the street wasn't very well lit. And I asked him if I could see his. And he's like, I'm not as big as you. And I was like, it's, it's cool, man. I'm not like going to judge you because of your size, you know? And eventually I got him to pull it out. And it was nice, honestly. It was it was pretty thick and it was like seven inches. So it was like, it was, it was very nice. And um, uncut as well, too. And I remember us just sitting there like, kind of like half-ass jerking our dicks off. And um, eventually I remember I reached over to him And I just kind of like caressed the back of his neck and kind of like urged him down to my lap. And there was a moment where he hesitated, almost like where he was like, he wasn't sure if he was going to go through with it, but he gave in and he started giving me head. And honestly, it was pretty good. Like I'm the type of person, I believe in communication during, like if you do something I don't like, for instance, I've talked about this before, I think on this podcast. I don't like my nipples pinched, but I'm always like super curious about guys who have that sort of thing. Um, but for me, it's like almost the opposite. It feels really weird and annoying to me and I hate it. But if somebody does it, I don't just sit there and be like, oh, you know, I'll just let you do what you want to do. I'll tell you like, hey, I, I don't like that. Um, because I, I think you should communicate that sort of thing. Um, but anyway. With him, like, he was good, but he needed some coaching. And so I was just kind of, like, helping him through it and, like, teaching him, like, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And he was learning very quickly. And eventually he pulled up and he said, you want to fuck me? And I was like, um, and he pulled out a condom and he just starts putting it on me. And I leaned my seat back and like reclined back as far as, as far as, um, was comfortable. And like, he climbed on top of me and like, we started going at it. It took a while for him to get it like in, I just like waited. It was very patient, but he was determined. Like he was really trying to make it happen. And we just, I told him to just relax and we got, he got like the tip in. And then after that, he started to ride it up and down a little bit and it was decent for like the first three minutes and then I smelled something yeah I'm not gonna go into detail you can use your imagination and he was like oh shit dude I'm sorry I'm sorry and he started panicking and I was like bro chill it's fine like I didn't want to like you know make an even bigger deal I'm sure he felt like shit <laughs> no pun intended I'm sure he felt you know terrible about it and he was like do you want to come in and take a shower and I was like, sure. And he washed my clothes, gave me some of his. And I remember being in his shower. And he told me that his brother lived there as well, too. He said, my brother's here just getting his, his stuff off, his, uh, getting himself off his feet. But he doesn't really come out of his room much. Um, just be quiet. I was like, okay, cool. So we didn't really, so we went inside. I get in the shower. And I'm showering. And like, couple minutes in, I feel like somebody's watching me and I, there's a mirror. So there's like a main mirror and then there's like a, a mirror 90 on the wall, 90 degrees from that mirror, which faces the door. 
And I was looking at the mirror, which was starting to fog up. And even through like, he had like a plastic shower curtain and I could barely see through that as well too. I thought I saw the door crack, the door cracked. But when I really looked, nothing. And I was like, okay. I go into Frankie's room and he's laying down on his bed and he has his face like in the pillow. And I can tell like, like he's devastated. And I walk beside him. I put my arm on him or my hand on his arm. He's like, I'm not like this. And he's crying. He's like, I'm not like this, dude. I'm not like this. And he's like, I don't do these types of things and all this type of stuff. And I was like, was your first time with the guy? And he just nodded his head. And he's like, I love pussy, dude. Like, it's just that I saw you. I saw your, and he stopped. And I was like, you saw what? He said, I saw your dick. And I can't stop thinking about it. I was like, when did you see my dick? So he tells me that Monica sent a picture to her cousin Anna of me. But Frankie was using Anna's phone when the picture came through. And he said he got super mad. And Anna was like super apologizing. But he said he couldn't stop thinking about it. He was like, I would go to work and I'd think about it. And he said, and then I like think about it when I jacked off. I was trying not to, but and I was like, dude, it's cool, man. And he was just like, I'm not gay. You know, he used worse words than that, but for the sake of this, he said, I'm not gay. And like, I remember I was just like rubbing his arm. And then I crawled into bed with him. And I held him and kissed him on the back of the neck. And finally, he turned around to me. And we started making out. And can I tell you, this guy, like of all the people that I've ever made out with, besides the fact of the people that, like the Miguel and Amir, I said the Amir, like Miguel and Amir, who I like loved. This guy was the best. For me, not having feelings for him, like kissing him was like better than sex. So much better than sex. I could just kiss him and be totally fine. If he would call me and be like, let's just make out. I would be there in a heartbeat. I stayed in his bed that night. We slept in his bed that night. No sex. We slept in his bed that night. Um, and then after that, we hung out very regularly. Like once a week, we would hang out and we would also fuck. And he got so much better at bottoming to the point where in my eyes, he became a bottom. Like he learned how to like prepare himself and it just became something that he really enjoyed doing and he could stay like hard. He could get hard from being penetrated and he could stay hard while being fucked very hard. And it was kind of cool. And we didn't, well, let me not, let me not get ahead of myself. So a lot of times I would stay the night with him 
and I was just kind of hanging around with him and his brother. His brother's name was Alan. He was um, a little bit chubbier than Frankie and not as tall. And he was definitely more like hood. Um, <laughs> and, but he was cool. He was just very quiet. He didn't really talk that much, but he would hang out sometimes. And every time I would shout at Frankie's house, I always felt like somebody was watching me. So this one time, like I'm in the shower and I legit see the door open. And I'm like, you like what you see? And I had a feeling it was Alan because of when we would talk, like I would catch him like looking, checking me out, like checking out my crotch. And I was like, you like what you see? And like, I could see the door stop moving. And I opened the shower curtain and I couldn't see out into the hallway because it was dark, but I just made like a come here motion. And like, it took him like a good moment, but he opens the door and he comes in. And he just strips off all his clothes, climbs into the shower with me and starts sucking me off. And he jerked, he jerked himself off while he was sucking me off. And it took me like he came before I, before I did. And after he had like, you know, finished me off, he stands up and he looks around and he says, don't tell my brother. And he left. Me and Frankie continued to hang out, you know, sometimes multiple times a week. But the whole time that we were hanging out, like Monica didn't know. Anna didn't know. Frankie didn't know. Alan didn't know. And I was just kind of in the middle of it all. We didn't not become friends. We actually became very cool and, you know, would hang out regularly, but we became very cool. It's just that he ended up getting more serious with Anna. And, we, well, he wound up getting more serious with Anna after he got her pregnant. And also, too, he got a promotion. So he was just very busy. And we just started hanging out less and less frequently until we just weren't hanging out at all anymore. And I say all that to say that even though it was nice to be able to move on from Tommy, I didn't do it in ways that were healthy. Like the sex that I was having in the relationships, the types of relationships that I was having with these men were not healthy relationships. And they were based off of secrets. And I liked it. And if I'm being 100% honest, I still like that sort of thing. So one of my members comes up to me and they're like, hey, Mr. Brooks, or I guess I say Jameson now. Uh, hey, Jameson. Um... You hired that guy, and she's a girl. And I was like, oh, Lord. And she shows me her phone, and you know, you know, I've, I felt like, first I felt like what I should do is be like, you know, I don't want to see that, but I had to look. And I looked, and it was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and then some, like, the weirdest, like, alpha male pseudoscience Man is dominant over women. Women's A woman's place is to be, you know, subservient to a man. And a man can have multiple women as long as he can take financially support them all. You know, like their pets. And I, 
I was just like, oh my God. And then it started wrapping itself into like Christianity. <laughs> oh my God. Like, oh my God. I was just like, I'm, I'm in a complete state of what the fuck is um. At least if I had seen this page first, and he went by a different name on the page, but it was definitely him because I could see him in the pictures. Um, if I had seen the page first, at least I could have been like, hey, this doesn't really align with our brand. And I could have adjust. I could have like, this doesn't align with our brand of inclusivity. Um, and I could have justified like not hiring him that way. But now I just I'm sitting there with like the buyer's remorse. And I'm watching him train. And I'm looking at these posts and I'm watching him train and I'm looking at these posts and I'm watching him. I'm looking at the phone. I'm just like, what have I done? Can you believe it is season four already? I almost said season three. It's season four already. And we are, there's a lot more to talk about. Um, thank you so much for all of your support. There is the anchor link down below if you'd like to make a monthly donation. But, 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 but we now have cash app it's mr brooks confesses you can make a one-time donation if you choose to everything counts and everything is appreciated and it helps me make episodes so much faster again it's mr brooks without the period mr brooks confesses on cash app again thank you so much for just being here with me all of it welcome season four